0: You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical.
1: Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Nick. How are you? Fantastic. Happy Podcast Friday. Yes, 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 yes. So, um, a couple of episodes ago, we had talked about why I became and continue to be a financial planner. And so, today, I thought, what a great idea to uh, make it your turn, Dave.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope uh, hope I can be as compelling as your story was. Oh, I think it's
1: going to be fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, tell us your story. Start from the beginning.
0: I love your unmatched enthusiasm.
1: <laughs> so so
0: y- y- the reason I say it might sound a little less compelling is, you know, the start of my career was much more accidental than yours. How I got started was basically looking for a job and not having a true career path and You know, happened to meet the right people at the right time who were in the industry and needed help, and said, "Hey, you know, you're you're pretty much a nerd. Why don't you come be a nerd about this stuff?" And at the time, you know, I had I was I had no connection to finance. I had taken several economics classes in college. A lot of political science. I was a political science major. Had taken a lot of uh, econ along with it, and was. You know, definitely. Uh, you know, enjoyed the process of like aspects of the economy that were influenced by public policy and 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 such. But at the time, I was teaching literature and writing at a community college, and uh, which might as well have been volunteer work in terms of <laughs> career <laughs> prospects. I enjoyed it. it I, I enjoyed it, and I like to think I was pretty good at it for a 26 year old who. Was younger than a lot of his students, but <laughs> uh, but uh, twenty five year old. Go back. I, I started this business in uh, the year two thousand, so I think that was my twenty sixth, going on twenty seventh birthday. So my friend John basically said, "Hey, come on, you're wasting your time. Come work with me." And I didn't know an IRA from a joint account. I didn't. I kind of vaguely knew what a mutual fund was in theory but no idea how they worked and it's funny you know i've never been a math person but i've always liked like the concepts of like how to put this like like i thought excel was the coolest computer program and i had nothing no use for it right (laughs) and it sounds silly but it was like all of a sudden it was like hey i've got you know i've got these like things in my mind that I like to do and now uh-huh. I have a subject matter right? right i have something something to get to get analytical about and I, that really appealed to me and i really enjoyed it and you know dove into that part of it with both feet like 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 learning about building portfolios and and managing that end of it and I was working in an environment that was very much a traditional investment brokerage kind of world. We were kind of ahead of the game in some respects. We were doing fee for management kind of work when we could. There were still commissions and other things involved, but we were kind of, and this is through no, like, like, it wasn't me. I was a babe in the woods when it came to this stuff, but the people I worked for were already, even within the context of that part of the industry, were already starting to think like financial planners in a way that maybe you didn't see everywhere else, you know. And I, I credit, uh, you know, my my early mentors for for that. Even though the environment we worked in wasn't necessarily conducive to it, right? So, and we've talked about all the different ins and outs of the different types of firms in the industry, but so you know, along the way though, I started to like realize, hey, you know, we're all we're basically being We're viewed by most of our clients as the investment guy, but we really shouldn't make investment recommendations without more context, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And and it was, I remember when the bank that we worked for gave us our first like real financial planning tools. I'd been there like two and a half, three years before I even saw financial planning software, you know, or or had that conversation with any of our managers about like how you could, you know, there was no right. training around that. It was all build por- how to build portfolios and how mm-hmm. how investments operated. And it started, you know, and again, crediting the, the, the advisors I worked with to say, hey, this is cool. Now, when someone says, I want to ch- save money for college for my granddaughter, we can actually, you know, plug in some numbers and show them, right. well, <laughs> if you do this for the next several years, you know, it was like little bits and pieces of financial planning were starting to come together. And and it's it's it, it was like okay yeah this is kind of this is kind of the way I, I i i see this starting to fit together and you know i wouldn't have called myself a financial planner at that point i was basically in the investment industry right but it was like starting to realize that we needed to be financial planners we couldn't really be just investment advisors it just didn't make sense and so uh, you know, I changed jobs. I went kind of on my own to a different bank after a while, and that was a little bit better, but it was still a very similar experience. I just had more control over the process. Okay. But, you know, I remember, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, I call it kind of the matrix moment in my career when I, we were, we, we cause we were given in that system, we were given some pretty cool. In fact, we had, I had access to, Money Guide Pro, which is the software we still use today. This was okay. what was that 2006, I think. So wow, the early days. Know, the yeah, day yeah. I'm I mean, sure. that, that software has gone through several iterations since then. But it was like, okay, you know, this is we're getting to the point where, like, I like I, I can see how you can do. I hate to use the word comprehensive planning because that gets used too much in this industry. But start to put together, and I and so. The matrix moment for me was when, you know, I put together these templates that were like a budding financial plan. Like, here's what we've talked about for your goal. Like, very, Not very different from what we do with our new clients when we bring them on board these days. And it was like, okay, and that all boils down to, here's what I want to recommend for you. And I ran all that through our compliance department. And they were like, ah, see, here's the thing. Dave, that <laughs> makes you a fiduciary and we can't let you, you know, use these and become a fiduciary because then you have a legal up. Ob- and I was like, well, wait a minute. What do you mean? I'm not responsible for, you know, what, <laughs> you know, and, and it was funny because I kind of like, like the, that side of the industry kind of talks around the fact that, you know, they're not fiduciaries and it's right. still, it's kind of a buyer beware mentality. You know, at that point, So that, you know, I had that, that matrix moment, I guess, where it was like, now I can't unsee the fact that, (laughs) you know, this, this, that this system I'm working in isn't necessarily what I want to do for my clients. And about the same time, well, it was probably a year or two later, we, we did a book review of the investment answer. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so there was a period of time in there where I was just frustrated. And then I read that book and that was probably 2010. So. So the matrix moment was probably 2008 thereabouts. And, you know, there was a little gap in there, but I was, I was kind of frustrated and didn't know how I, how to fix the problem. And I read that investment answer book, which you can go back and read our, listen to our, our podcast on that from a month or two ago. But I was, I came home and I remember telling my wife, you know, when I read this, I kind of knew the advisor I wanted to be when I grew up, Yeah, you know, that I wanted to be the kind of guy they would recommend. So that was kind of like the turning the no turning back point. And about the same time, serendipitously, I ran into an acquaintance at the time that I'd lost touch with her, but Beth Bear, who founded the firm that we're both partners in now. And we were in the airport on the way to the Financial Planning Association's annual conference. And we we had met a few years before but had kind of lost touch. And at the time, she had just had a client look her in the eye and say, you need a succession plan. You need somebody in here so that if something happens to you, I'm not on my own. And it was one of her dear friends and good clients who said that to her. And at the same time, I was just as frustrated as I was ever going to get with the system, with the investment side of the system that we were in. And when we got back from the conference, we had coffee and three months later, I was working for Beth or with Beth. Wow. And uh, that was
1: two, 10 years ago this next month. Wow. So, and you guys were uh, at the proverbial kitchen table back then. Right? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which
0: is still carries over in our mission statement. But, uh, you know, and in the name of this podcast, Kitchen Table right? Finance, right. that's because Beth started our firm at her literal kitchen table. Uh-huh. where she sat with clients with a yellow notepad and Beth, you know, so it's it's really an evolution, right? So, So to kind of bring this back around, you asked me how I became a financial planner or why I became a financial planner. Mm-hmm. Some of it was accidental, but to be able to actually call myself a financial planner, that was because I kind of started to see how powerful and important the investment industry was for people, but how it was really disconnected from what it should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there, (laughs)
1: long answer to a short question. (laughs) I love it. So what (laughs) is it in your day to day that you're doing now? What, what, what keeps you around? What's going to keep you around for the next, well, I don't know, 30 years, Dave?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I still really, really like I like being the kind of interpreter between the confusing world of the portfolio. Yeah. I say, you know, it's not just, and I, to me, it's not just about, you know, alphas and betas and deltas and gammas and, you know, all the measurable statistics and valuations and correlations that go into building a portfolio. It's, being able to just help people not have to worry about that stuff. Yeah. And focus on what the end results
1: can mean for them. Was it 2 years ago now that you went back to get your masters or was it 3 years in financial? Planning? Well, I, f- I finished it a year ago,
0: okay. last month. So, yeah. it was a 2-year two 2-year two program. So so I've had it for so it was 3 years ago that I started it, finished nice. it a year ago. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I did that through Kansas State. And, and that was interesting because, you know, again, backing up to where I started, it was all, all, all the formal training in the beginning was all about portfolio building and investments, right? How does a bond mm-hmm. work? how do you figure out the taxable equivalent yield on a municipal bond for somebody in the 28% tax bracket? Right. You know, (laughs) and, and, and how do you, how much, how much in stock should a portfolio have versus bonds and, you know, the nuts and bolts stuff. And then I did the CFP program and that starts filling in the financial planning blanks, right? Like, Mm How, you know, if you're going to do this in the portfolio, what does that mean for taxes? And then if that, you know, what's, what are all these different levers you can push to build a financial plan? That's great too. What the Kansas State program did, because it technically, and and people that know me are going to be like, you, you took a degree that focused in what? (laughs) Um, It's, it's actually a lot of what, what is now labeled financial therapy. Yeah. And and how to talk to people about their portfolio, about their money experiences and how they connect with their portfolio. Because as as you and I well know, nobody can look at their portfolio objectively. It's impossible. Right. And it's 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 about figuring out like, like our job a lot of the time is to figure out how John and Jane Doe think about money because that's gonna determine whether they can psychologically, whether a down market or, you know, successfully use those funds down the road. It doesn't matter what the absolute returns are. It's how people think about them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that plays so well into what you talked about, which is, uh, you know, what you love about the industry, which is kind of taking the complexity and explaining it to clients. And I think that psychology piece, that therapy piece just dovetails into, you know, when and how to talk to clients and, and what to give them and, 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 and how to walk them through that for sure.
0: Yeah. Now, you know, I also am self-aware enough to know that I am never going to be anybody's true therapist, not <laughs> holding myself out as that. There are people that were in my program that now are, you know, delving into childhood memories with people to try to unpack problems. And, it and, 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 you know, you know me well enough. That's, probably not my strong suit, but being able to understand it on, on a better level to connect it with clients. That's, that's the important thing.
1: Yeah, I think there's that fine line there between understanding it and being able to help someone fix yeah. it or overcome it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that, that's a better way to put it. Yeah, I, I probably cannot solve your problems, but at least we'll be
0: able to uh, put the finances in the context of right. what's going on. Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that
1: um, is uh, fantastic, Dave. I appreciate you sharing with our listeners kind of your story and evolution, and uh, you know, it, it's remarkable. I think a lot of times, just as humans, we fail to like think about how far we've come and what yeah, we've been able yeah. to accomplish. And yeah. I know your career has, has gone a long way since being a uh, professor. <laughs> I was never a professor. I was an instructor at a community it's, college. Let's not get right. ahead of ourselves. Oh, instructor, instructor Dave has come a long way and it's a remarkable <laughs> testament to, uh, well, to you, you and what you've been able to do. So congrats thank on you. all that.
0: Thank you. It's been fun.
1: And with that, if uh, any of our listeners have questions for Dave, I'm sure he'd be more than willing to answer. Uh, (laughs) Feel free to shoot us an email at info at srbadvisors.com on anything today or any questions or things you'd like to see on the podcast in future weeks. Dave, as always, it's been a pleasure, my friend. It was fun, Nick. I'll talk to you later. Gather round and follow
0: the Kitchen Table Finance podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at